0: Father we thank you so much for today. God we thank you for your spirit meeting us here this morning and God we pray that you will continue to move in our lives and God that you will continue to transform us as we lift up our voices and we sing praises unto you. You know because God this is a day that you made that we rest and that we glorify you and God today We just simply humble ourselves before you and praise and worship your name. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You may be seated for just a second if you want to get your exercise in. If you are a guest of ours, you're more than welcome, or we would love for you to reach into the pew right in front of you. And in that back there, there's a card. If you can pull that card out and uh, fill out that information and just simply fold it separate it and place it into the offering plate for us that would be really good Uh, and I actually should have had y'all stand because I'm going to want y'all to stand now for the reading of God's word and then we'll go straight into our praise and worship Amen. I'm going to be reading from you this morning from the first chapter of the second or of second Peter and it says by his divine power God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him, the One who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. And because of His glory and excellence, He has given us great and precious promises, these promises that enable you to share His divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human nature. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Let's continue to stand as we worship and we sing praise to the Lord this morning. You know, a great day happened when I gave in and I let go of my sin and I allowed Jesus to come into my heart. What a wonderful change my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. Do you have that testimony that you can sing this morning? Let me hear you sing it, okay? Here we go.
2: Amen. Joy of my soul, like a sea of roll, since Jesus
1: came into my heart. And that verse 4 is not up there, but I'm going to read these words to you, okay? Because before we go to dwell in that city, which that 5th verse says, that 4th verse is: there's a light in the valley of death now for me. I don't care where you are, people, how bad it may look. You may be wandering in that valley of death but there is a light there for you. That's a beautiful that's a beautiful thing. Think about it. The darkness is only temporary. Right? No matter what you're dealing with, it's going to go away. If you have Christ in your heart, that that light will cease from being there. I'll go there in the valley, the death now for me and the gates of the city Beyond, I can see. Now picture that. What gates are we talking about, people? Yeah. The gates of heaven. Yeah. We have so much to be looking forward to. It doesn't matter how hard, how bad, or how tough our life here on this earth is. We have a light to look to. We have a light shining down to us. Part of that is the glory of God, and the other part is simply the light that Jesus Christ is to us. It guides us out of that darkness and into his glorious presence. Yes, We're going to go Lord. there. We're going to dwell. But that doesn't happen without going through the dark places of our life, right? Mm. Right? We have victory yes. through Christ. Amen. We can't have victory any other way but through Christ. So if you can't sing since Jesus came into your heart, you don't understand what this song is all about. But that's okay. We get a sermon later on. We got some good stuff coming up, I promise you. Because he's going to tell you, you're an heir of God. He has a plan for your life. Believe it. Let's sing, I shall go there to dwell in that city I know since Jesus came into my heart.
2: And I'm happy, so happy as onward I go since Jesus came into my heart.
3: Sorrow comes
4: God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Amen.
2: far from But then he picked me up and he showed.
1: that just breaks a man (laughs) break him down to his knees but God I've been broken more than a time or two and he picks me up every single time every time he never leaves me down there he never leaves me down he picks me up every time and that's what it means to come and praise God and give it to him that's what this is saying guys if you're not giving it up it's because you don't have it to give to him. Find him, people. He is not going to leave you where you are. He loves you too much for that. Do you believe it? He loves you too much to leave you wallowing in sin. He's going to pick you up out of the miry clay. He's going to wash you out as snow. Jesus. He's going to set Thank you beside Lord. him. He's Praise going to say, Jesus. you are my child. You are my heir to the kingdom. You live your life to please me, to honor me, and glorify me until I bring you home.
4: Amen. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
1: It will break you if you stay in sin. Do not stay there. We're going to do that bridge again. Amen. Go there with me, okay? Chris, do it. There's a kind of thing that just breaks
2: a man. Break him down to his knees. God, I've been broken more than a time or two. Yes, Lord. Then he picked me up and showed me what it means to be a man. Come on and sing, all my hope is in Jesus.
0: Song that says that we are led to the river, and there's a story that I read about Max Licato went to Jerusalem and went to the River of Jordan where Jesus was baptized. We are being led to the waters this morning. As the altar is open, whatever you have, whether you've been saved, and you. Have dropped you've struggled you've fallen a time or two the altar is open the river is flowing to wash us clean as snow the river is flowing to give us the strength that we need the river of God is being opened. he says come to me as he leads us to that river
4: I was lost, but he brought me in, oh, his love for me, oh, his love for me, who the son grace once day while I was a slave to sin Jesus die for hear those words. Like, I am a child of God. Do you hear that? Like, I am a child of God. You're a child of God. You're, I mean, it's free. It's a free gift, y'all. It is free. Like, it is free. Like, are you serious? You can have it. You can have it. You can have it. I mean, we can all have it. Come on. Let's sing this. Let's do it. What's up? Yes. Else. There's I a place for all out of us. Love God, out yes, out I, out am. I am. Amen. Thank you, God. you, oh, Jesus. Amen. Praise, Praise you, Lord. He is for us, not against God. us. I love that phrase. He is for us, not against us. You know, so many times the... The world portrays him as being against us. But he is not against us. That's right. He is for us. He loves us. He welcomes us into his kingdom. He welcomes us. He is for us.
0: Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the river that we can come to the river of your Son, Jesus Christ, and our Savior, where we receive our strength and where we receive the healing that we need today. We thank you that we can stand and we can say that we are children of yours, that you are our Abba, Father, the one that we cling to, the one that we come to, The one that is able to take care of all the things that we have. The ones that gives us mercy and love that we do not deserve. The one that heals our bodies. The one that leads us and guides our path. The one that protects us whenever we are so broken and hurt. The one that gives us strength to make each and every day. Oh, we thank you and we call upon you today. We love you in Jesus' name, Amen.
4: I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are.
0: As we continue obeying the Spirit, if we can have the ushers to make their way forward. We're going to participate in this awesome event that we get to do in giving back a portion of what God has given to us with our tithes and offerings. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Grady, if you can lead us in prayer.
1: Say that song.
3: It's easy to sing when there's nothing to bring me down, but what will I say when I'm held to the flame like I am right now? I know you're able and I know you can save through the fire with your
2: mighty hand, but he. My hope is you alone. They say it only
3: takes a little faith to move a mountain. Well, good thing, a little faith is all I have right now. But God, when you choose to leave mountains unmoved,
2: Oh, give me the strength to be able to sing it as well with my soul. I know you're able and I know you can save through the fire with your mighty hand. But even if you don't, my hope is you alone. I know the sorrow and I know the hurt would all go away if you just say the word but even if you don't my hope is
3: I know you're able,
2: and I know you care. You so he cares and he's able
0: to, right? I
2: know you're able, and I know you.
5: Some
0: of you were here Wednesday night, some of you weren't, um, and if you were on my Facebook, you saw a massive... Keep turning that thing on and off, right? I just need to... Oh, man. It's... uh great to be a part of a church and a part of a service where the Spirit is free to move in the way that it moves, uh, you know, here. Uh, you know, we, we thank God so much for all that He does and, how uh, you know, where we are, uh, you know, and who we are. Kelly, uh, you know... I think Kelly did a great job, uh, you know, because Wednesday he introduced us to this, being an heir of God, being a child of God. And the songs that we sung, uh, you know, Wednesday night, uh, you know, thank you, that was, uh, you know, God moving and God is just ministering to us. And, uh, you know, the thing whenever we go into this that we look at, um, it's hard to truly understand what it means to be a child of God so how many of you remember uh, you know little orphan Annie how many of y'all remember little orphan Annie wow little orphan Annie began as a comic strip way back in 1942 What? 1942. But whenever we think about this, this is one of those comics that we look at, and it's a story that gives us, you know, that we see that is a story of life where someone was lost and, you know, thrown away, but yet someone graciously came. And adopted her. So it gives us life at its worst and then gives us life at its best as Oliver Daddy Warbucks shared his love to little orphan girl. Wow, and what the stories that we have from little orphan Annie. I don't remember the comic strips. I remember some of the movie or the show. I don't know. I, I call it a movie because that's all I've seen was just one. And that's Christmas time, right? She did that big one at Christmas time, is it? Do I have the right one? See, I don't even have the right one. So I can't say that I even know about Little Orphan Annie. How, you know somebody's going to have to get some shows and you know they're going to have to let me see those you know but that's us How, you know the Bible shows us those stories where God lavished his love onto us onto an undeserving person before we Go in and we get into this, uh, you know, and get into, uh, you know, the passage of Scripture, which by the way is going to be Romans chapter 12. And we're going to be look, and we're going to look at verses 14 through 17. So you can go ahead and go there. Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. Did I say 12? It's 8. I got it right. It's 8, 14 through 17. So as you're going there, let's talk about this because Paul is writing to the Roman church. So the first thing that I want us to understand and to grab from this is is that Paul is writing to Christians because he's writing to the church in Rome. Now, whenever we see this, Paul is also an Israelite or a Jew. So Paul would have a particular uh, you know, um, a culture that he was raised up in. But then the people in Rome would have something that's different. So let's look at these two and let's look at the differences. And the main difference is, is that in the Jewish or in the Israelites, uh, in their custom, uh, you know, you didn't adopt people. In the fact that, uh, you know, in the Israelites, it was more of the fact that it was a clan that actually raised the family. If a mother and father passed away, the aunts and the uncles didn't necessarily adopt them. They just simply continued to take care of them. It was natural for that to happen. But then you look into the Roman side, and the Romans believed in adoption. But the Romans' belief in adoption was the fact that you are very special or you are a special person if you were adopted because what that meant was is that the father or the man of the house loved you enough to bring you into his home. There are actually some writings and some evidence in the Roman history or in their culture, that an adopted child would be more worthy or would be more loved than a blood child. Because they're adopted. Because it means that I have found something special within you that I now want you to be a part of my family. In the world today, we have this that, you know, there, there's a lot of you know kids that are that are orphaned, and whenever children are, are adopted, there's a lot of time there's issues with the adoption. Unfortunately, there's. People in the world today that will adopt just simply so that the government gives them extra money because they have adopted someone that's added food and you know that's added responsibility into their house so they get that money from the government. They didn't adopt the person because they loved them. They didn't adopt the person because they you know because they felt like they would be a an added benefit to the family. But then there's some. There's a lot. Uh, You know, there's, uh, you know, it's growing even more and more in the Christian or in the church realm where there are churches that are beginning to help parents to adopt. And, And we adopt for the right reason, or we should adopt. And the adoption, the right reason to adopt someone would be because you want to shower your love upon them. So then that takes me right directly to the fact of us being adopted because this passage of Scripture that we're going to look into is that we are going to be adopted or that we are adopted into the family of God. God chose us. Can I hear an amen? No, wait a minute. I'm not going to beg for it. God chose us to be a part of His family. He has called each and every one of us to be His child. We choose Him. Right? Scripture tells us the Holy Spirit draws us unto God and then we choose Him. The Scripture tells us that Jesus Christ came to this world to die for every one. Everyone, but we choose to be a part of that family. God chose us. I want you to know this morning. God chose you because He loves you, He chose you because He loves you for who you are and because He knows how special you are how does he know how special you are he created you he knows your potential Hmm. how many of y'all have ever uh, you know said or heard someone else say that god don't make no junk i know that doesn't have anything to do with english I, just, I know I just stomped all over it, but come on. God doesn't make any junk. We are perfectly made to accomplish exactly what He needs for us to accomplish. We choose to be that part. Romans, chapter 8, verse 14. For all who were led by the Spirit of God, or children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful, or that makes you fearful slaves. Okay, I got it. Fearful slaves. Quit putting a comma in there. Instead, you receive God's Spirit when you, or when He, Adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to confirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share His glory, we must also share His suffering. (laughs) There's a lot here. There's a lot here. Uh, You know, see, we are chosen and God's Spirit has drawn us unto Him, or we should, He should have. And and if, if you are here and you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior... Let me go ahead and let me introduce you to this because the scripture here tells us that if we have received Jesus Christ as our Savior, His Spirit begins to commune with our spirit. If we are not being led by the Spirit of God in our lives, we have not received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Amen, oh me, because there's people sitting here that's not being led by the Holy Spirit. There are people within the church that know everything about the Scripture. They might even be able to quote it. But can I tell you that the Spirit of God does not reside within them. The Scripture leads us, and it des- and it tells us, and it describes this to us. Uh, you know that if we believe in Him and we walk with Him, we will understand and we will know that for a fact because His Spirit begins to talk to ours. There should never be a question in your life on whether or not you're saved or not. But how many of us question? How many of us question? Why do we question? We question because the song, like the song said, we stumble. You know, we fall. You know, we question. A lot of times we question because God has placed these options all in front of us. And he wants us to choose the path that he has for us. But we choose a different path. And whenever we choose that different path, struggles come along. And whenever struggles come along, we're like, oh, wait a minute, God, where'd you go to? Why are you leaving me here alone? I thought your scripture said that you'll never leave me nor forsake me. But here I am. I'm standing out on this island all by myself. That's a plug for Vacation Bible School just in case you missed it. Vacation Bible School is going to be shipwrecked. And I'm growing, I'm growing my beard out just in case, so don't get all upset. I am supposed to be stranded on that island for 600 and some odd days, so I'm going to be kind of scruffy looking by the time Vacation Bible School comes along. But that's all okay because it's all for the kids of God, right? It's all for the children of God. I, you know, We are here. So let me get back on this message. So we've wandered off the path that God has for us, And we create issues. We create troubles in our lives. And whenever we create those troubles, we begin to blame God for them. Right? We're like, God, where would you leave me? God, how can you lead me into this? God, how can this happen in my life? He says, well, I gave you the options to choose, but you went the wrong way. He said, I really didn't leave you. I'm right here, but you're the one that keeps choosing to go the different way. I have this path for you. Amen. And this path that I have for you is full of love. It's full of mercy. See, all too often, Satan disguises things that looks right and looks good. And we go that way, and God says, whoa, wait a minute, I'm over here, this this is the way. God allows us to wander around. I, I think I've, well, here, I'll give this to you. I think there's more people that wander away from God than fall away from God. because we slowly make choices that's not right. Very seldom do we just simply go off to the, you know go to the cliff and we uh, you know God takes us there and he says, "Okay, John, he says, are you going to follow me and you're going to go this way or are you going to follow yourself and you're going to jump off the cliff?" Most of the time we don't jump off that cliff. We're like it's obvious that I'm not going in God's path. It's obvious that I'm not going that way. Oh, I got steps right here so I'll go this way I didn't make the complete jump I just kinda moseyed on down I just kinda wandered away and then, and then we get down here and, and we're exactly at the place that Satan wanted us to be and God's still up there he says hey where are you? that's not the path that's not where I wanted you to be The scripture tells us that whenever we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that we receive His Spirit. His Spirit begins to lead us, but His Spirit then leads us into what? Leads us into sanctification. His Spirit leads us to a part that He says, Hey, are you going to give up your life? Are you going to give all of yourself to me? And we have to say, yes, I am, or no, I'm not. We're either going to walk through the cross with him, or we're going to try to find another way around it. And Jesus says, no, the only way through to me is through the cross. You've got to suffer with me. Remember the last part of that passage of scripture? I think I need to get up here and go to it. I'm going to go back to this right here. Because it says that if we're going to partake of His glory, we also have to share in His suffering. And if we're sharing in His suffering, that means that... I didn't get my way today. Is that it? We went to O Charlie's Wednesday night or yeah wednesday night after church it's free pie wednesday free pies man peggy and i shared a meal so we only got one pie one piece of pie she picks apple she picked apple But Diane was looking out for me, and she picked cherry because she can't have it. So I ate the cherry pie. See, it, it looked like I wasn't going to get what I, what I wanted. You, you see where I'm going? But see, God still provided what I needed. See, whenever we walk this life, we think we need something. And God says, no, you don't need that. What you need is this. Are you going to go with me? No, 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 God, this looks better. We've talked about it. It looks easier. A lot of times where we go in the direction and the path that we follow, it's always easier. It's easier to go our way because whenever we go God's way what the the Holy Spirit leads us into sanctification sanctification leads us into turning loose of ourself and allowing God to be in control and heaven pr- forbid us to lose control A couple of Sundays I almost lost control and stepped up on the on the pew and then I really would have heard it from my mom and dad. But control. You see, I don't think it's actually control. I think it's trust. Who do we trust? Whenever you're driving, who do you trust? If you're a passenger, if you're a passenger, who do you trust? Me? You you trust yourself. That is why we keep asking the car makers and stuff to please put a brake on my side of the car. Either that or add some stability to this side so I quit pushing my foot through it, right? You know, we want to be in control. Most people don't like flying a plane or flying in a plane because they're not in control. Although, well, I would have to say that it's safer to fly in a plane than it is to drive in a car. Less airplane wrecks than it is car wrecks. Go figure. I'm not going to relinquish control. I've kind of gone way off of the message this morning in case y'all haven't figured that one out yet. But I really think that what we see here in in uh, you know, the Spirit is that, see, God, God is giving us a choice, and we choose Him, and then whenever we choose Him, we then follow the Spirit of God. So, in following the Spirit of God, God's Spirit communes with our spirit. And lo and behold, if it communes with our spirit, we are then able to say, Abba, Father. So Abba, Father, is a term of endearment, of love. But can I tell you it says more about our Father than it says about us? Caleb is our youngest whenever Caleb was was a little baby I was working selling cars at uh, Metrolina Dodge Metrolina Dodge had this idea that if they stayed open until uh, you know 10 o'clock on weeknights and 11 o'clock on weekends uh, you know that they could sell more cars uh, you know so very often you know, it, you know I think it was three nights a week I had that evening shift. And I would come home, and Peggy would have dinner for me. And I would sit down at the table, and I would start eating my dinner. And Caleb would run in. And Caleb would start eating my dinner from my lap. He would climb up in my lap, and Caleb would start eating my dinner. Caleb ate two dinners. So after several months of this going on, Peggy finally decided that she was going to make two plates. She was going to make a second plate for Caleb for whenever I came home and then make me a plate. Well, do you think Caleb ate from that plate? He had to eat from my plate. Abba, Father, says to us that whenever we do something wrong that God's lap is open for us to come run into. Whenever we go astray He's right there. His lap is never closed. He could have had a really bad day at work. He could have had a customer come in and you know and, 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 and cuss him out. Whenever he got home, he accepted the child. or wherever he was, See, that was kind of me, but that was kind of a lame, uh, you know, illustration. Because God never goes anywhere. Whenever we come to God, His lap is always open. He's always there for us. So whenever we mess up, He says, that's okay, I'm right here. Come to me. Scripture tells us that we're supposed to forgive seven times 70. The perfect number? Infinite. He will forgive us. All we have to do is to come to Him. I'm going to give you a little free message right here. I have a couple more minutes, so this one's free for you. Because whenever Jesus taught His disciples how to pray, He said, forgive the debtors that have ought against you. It's our responsibility to forgive those that have hurt us before it's their responsibility to forgive us. If we are not able to forgive, then God is not able to forgive us. We haven't even gotten to the good part yet. As being an heir of God we see here that whenever we receive him as our Lord and Savior and his Spirit comes into us, that our relationship with him from that moment on changes completely. Because from that moment on, he becomes our Father, and not just our Father, but our Abba Father. So we are heirs of Jesus, with Jesus Christ. So let's imagine that one afternoon you're sitting in your recliner at your house and you've just kind of gotten relaxed from a hard day of work and you hear this knock at the door and you go and you politely answer the door and there's this nice man that's standing there dressed up in a suit and tie and nice you know shoes so, you know he's just really nice and He introduces himself as a lawyer. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. (laughs) He says, can I come in because I think you have an inheritance? Whew, wait a minute. My interest is piqued. I am no longer worried about a salesman trying to sell me a Kirby vacuum cleaner or a rainbow vacuum cleaner. Uh, you know, I used to sell grave pots, so you don't have to worry about them coming to your door now. Uh, you know, he is talking about having money for you, right? So you're like, oh, my God, okay, come on in. You bring him into the dining room where he has the table to spread everything out. He begins to ask you questions. He goes, is your... Uh, you know great grandmother was her name lois smith yes did she live in california yes did she marry joseph smith yes Whoo, man i'm starting to tingle all right man i'm like i'm getting money i'm like man look at this here so here i am i'm thinking in my mind i'm like man i'm gonna go get those shoes That I saw, man, you know, Courtney was telling me about those nice, expensive running shoes that's really cushioning for your feet, about $150. I'm like, whoo! I'm going to go get those things. He goes along and he asks some more questions. He goes, now they've transferred over to, you know, so they moved to Florida. After, you know, after so many years, they've moved down to Florida. Well, yes, you know, and he said, and your name is Joseph Smith, Jr.? Yes, that is me. I'm like, whoa, man! I'm going to get this money. He said, maybe. He said, maybe. He said, I might think about going to Belk's and getting a better pair. Right? You'll get the expensive kind. Let's go from 150 to 250. Ooh, man, this is good. He said, wait a minute, sir, because you don't understand. He said, this is a good size, uh, you know, inheritance. Ooh, a good size inheritance. Hmm. What is this? He said, well, he said, your great-great or your your great-grandmother is an heir to a gentleman that had a gold mine. Whoa, a gold mine. And he helped start this little town that you might be familiar with. Las Vegas. Oh, I believe I'm gonna go to and I'm gonna believe I'm gonna buy Saks Fifth Avenue. I'm not gonna worry about buying no shoes now. I'm gonna buy the whole avenue. My grandfather started Vegas. Man. <laughs> My father started the world. He spoke it into existence. And he says, you are an heir to this. You remember, my father doesn't own just the cattle on the hillside. He owns the hill that the cattle are on. I'm an heir to all of this. So what does that mean? Whenever I die, or whenever, you know, whenever deceased, I decease, you know, I get a little plot of land because there's a bunch of people. What does it mean? Here's what it means. It means that whenever Jesus Christ died on the cross, that He fulfilled Everything required of that inheritance. I am able to receive everything that God has promised to me right now. Why do we know that? Because to be able to receive an inheritance, someone has to die. Jesus Christ died, but he rose again. So he has paid that inheritance. We get it in full. There again, that does not mean that you go out and you just simply paint a line in the ground and say, my father told me this is my land. What it means is that whenever we're struggling, He says, I'm strong. Call upon me. Whenever we have a situation in our lives that we don't understand what's going on and we need wisdom, he says, hey, here I am. I have it right here. Just ask for it. Ask for it. Remember, his spirit is communing with your spirit. Therefore, whenever His Spirit tells you what you need to do, we then listen, right? We should. It's there. Oh, but wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't feel loved today. You know, some guy said, Some really bad things about me on Facebook. You know, I'm I'm hurting inside. You know, we we can't make light about it. God says, I love you. Regardless of what they say. You're beautiful regardless of what anybody else says. You're his. But wait a minute, we even have, we have more. We have more. Because we have everything that was entrusted to Jesus Christ. So whenever Jesus Christ walked on this earth and he was able to withstand Satan's temptations, we look at this and we say, Jesus, I need your help today. He's really on me. We have that power to resist sin. Oh, wait a minute. We have more. We have more. Because what? We have love. Because Jesus Christ died on the cross because he loved us so much. That love, we have every bit of it. That's what it means to be an heir of God. That whenever we struggle... He'll take care of it. Whenever we don't feel love, He loves us. Whenever we're weak, He says, Depend upon my strength. Whenever we're struggling, He says, Come to me and I'll give you rest. Remember, my yoke is easy. Come to me and I will give you rest. Because I am an heir of God's, I am special. Peggy said Wednesday, she's a princess. She is a princess. And I'm a king. All the women out there, you're princesses. All the men, prince. Well, I'm not a king. What? I just broke my heart. Just pop that bubble. That's okay. I'll still be a prince to God any day. Because of what he has done and what he has given to us. But you know what? That nice story about, you know, the Smith family. God's standing at the door and he's knocking today. And he says, I have an inheritance for you. The inheritance that I have for you is greater than anything that this world would ever be able to give you. Will you choose to open up the door? Will you choose to allow him to come into your life? For his spirit to commune with your spirit. It's not just a heart, or it's not just a head thing. It's got to be a heart thing. We've got to trust it, knowing who he is. Robbie talked about the fact of not knowing whether or not he would be able to walk around or if it wasn't for God, where would he be? If it wasn't for God, where would you be? We, we all have stories, but where would, where would you be? He has invited us to be a part of him and to be heirs of his He wants to give us every single thing. In Numbers chapter 13, we have the story of the Israelites going into the promised land. And in that passage of Scripture, it says that I will give you the land. You don't have to fight for it. I'll give it to you. All you have to do is what? Is be obedient. Does it mean that there won't be any battles? Oh, there will be. But He'll fight them for you. Does it mean there won't be any struggles? The Israelites struggled. But God was always there. He'll always be there. As the altar is open this morning, the scripture tells us what we need to do to inherit or to be full heirs and to inherit all of it, what we have to do. that we have to trust. We have to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. We have to allow it to lead us to sanctification, to a transformation process that we give up control of our lives and solely follow His Word. There won't be a doubt whenever it happens because it'll no longer be Father but it would be Abba, Father because we realize who in tr- you know, who truly He is. But it's only through the Spirit of God through that saving knowledge of him let us stand every head bowed and every eye closed if you need if the, if the person is knocking at the door if God is knocking at the door of your heart this morning go answer allow him into your life He has more for you than this world would ever give you. He has an eternal life with Him. If you've struggled and you've wandered off the path, Abba Father is sitting here with His arms open wide and says, there is absolutely nothing that you could do that would ever keep you away from me. I love you come to me. If you're hurting today and you're at your last end, he says, come to me. I'll give you my strength. If you need wisdom, he says, come to me and I'll give you wisdom.
4: he die for?
0: Father, we thank you so much for being with us in this service, and we thank you for your words that you have given to us. And God, as we, as we hear this promise, dear Lord, that you have given to us, that we are heirs of yours, God, we thank you and we praise you. And God, I pray, dear Lord, that we will leave this place and that we would live a life, live a life as heirs of yours.